HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Garden Cult, garden design and coaching. For a 15% discount on virtual garden consultations and coaching sessions, use code HRN15. Learn more at gardencult.com. Hello, this is Lisa Held, and you're listening to The Farm Report, a Heritage Radio Network show about the people, processes, and policies that shape how food is produced today. Extra virgin olive oil is a truly magical substance. It is a pantry staple with a never-ending list of uses, but it can also be a luxury product that mirrors the complexities of wine with diverse flavors and textures. It is both wildly delicious and incredibly healthy. But it's a widely discussed and true fact that most olive oil in the world is low quality and highly processed. Some of that gets labeled as extra virgin, a designation that's supposed to be reserved for the purest high quality oil when it's not. So what does producing a truly great extra virgin olive oil from farm to bottle actually involve? Armando Mani is the founder of Mani Organic Olive Oil in Tuscany, and his oils are used by some of the best chefs in the world. In today's episode, we're going to talk about what sustainable olive oil production looks like, the increasing impacts of climate change on olive groves, and much more. Armando, welcome to the show. Hi. It's great to have you. So why did you start making olive oil? What drew you to it? Well, first of all, thank you for inviting me. Uh, so good morning or good afternoon or good evening to you and all your <laughs> audience, because I don't know when you will be broadcasting this. I start to make the oil for my son. Uh, was, uh, I was a film director at the time. I won the Golden Globe here in Italy. So we are talking about uh, more than 20 years ago. And I start to make the oil for him because uh, I'm a foodie, so I'm a food lover. And the only thing that was not possible to find here in Italy, it's strange to say, but uh, it's true, was uh, an oil that was uh, uh, certified on every level, including traceability, but most important, 
my problem being a, a gourmet, being a foodie, was, uh, well, let me say, uh, I don't think that the people uh, is aware that in the moment that you buy a bottle labeled extra virgin olive oil, by the law, you are not buying extra virgin olive oil, but you are mm -hmm. buying an olive oil that at the moment of the pressing, exactly in that moment, <clears throat> has been declared extra virgin olive oil by the way that has been pressed. The olives are, have been pressed only mechanically. And then the juice that you are getting, it's uh, analyzed and uh, is matching the chemical parameters that define the commercial category extra virgin olive oil because you have extra virgin olive oil, virgin olive oil, and uh, olive oil. Now the problem mm -hmm. is that uh, this is true at the moment of the uh, pressing, but every everything in the in the world is, is oxidizing no my skin i make wrinkle when i oxidize yeah <laughs> a, a fish became become a bad smelling after one week that has been catch if you don't put it in the fridge the same is happening to the olive oil the extra virgin olive oil the problem is that you don't know when will arrive to an oxidation that will destroy all the health benefit and transform the extra virgin olive oil in a simple virgin or even an olive oil. Because of that, mm. uh, my ambition was to create an oil that was very stable for my son. And in fact, uh, the first oil that we did produce in 2001 was per mio figlio, that means for my child in English, mm. and uh, just for him. But then I started to gift this. I was having my agent in Hollywood, so I was flying constantly between Rome and California, always stopping in New York uh, because uh, it's a very long flight. Uh, and uh, in New York, uh, I give a taste uh, of the oil to Jean-Georges. Jean-Georges von Gerichten uh, ordered to me, because I was a client of Jean-Georges, ordered to me 800 bottles, and I was not prepared for that. So I create... Uh, <laughs> I create a company, I create uh, the production line, and I start to, to, to sell the oil. And in a year, we'll, we became the most famous olive oil in the world, the most expensive and so on. And uh, that's the, the adventure started. So I, I took a sabbatical, and uh, I'm still in sabbatical 20 years later. 20-year sabbatical. <laughs> yeah, spectacular, I guess. <laughs> so it all kind of started with this idea of um, preventing oxidation, right? Having this olive oil that, that didn't quickly oxidize. Um, I've read that um, one of the ways that olive oil producers um, do that is by harvesting the olives earlier, earlier so that there are more antioxidants um, present in the oil to prevent that oxidation. Is that part of your process or are you doing something else um, differently? Well, uh, there, there is a lot more. Uh, I mean, when we did start uh, our production, we were harvesting a month and a half earlier than the tradition here in Tuscany. So it's a lot. Uh, instead, uh, the quantity and the quality of any antioxidant that, by the way, they are called polyphenols, it depends by several factors. One is the cultivar. The cultivar is the kind of all the trees uh, you have in Italy, 
something like 57 different cultivars, 57 different kind of olives. Uh, so like, like a rose, think about how many roses we have. The same sure. is for the olives. So this is one thing. Then we are organic and we are also biodynamic. Uh, so the, the quality of the, the work you do on the ground and on the trees, it's something very important. We are used to say that the olive tree is a gentleman. If you are, if you are very polite and taking properly care of it, he will give to you everything back. So in general, you have to think that the olive trees uh, in the tradition are part of a much more different uh, cultivation because uh, a farmer doesn't have just olive trees. They have uh, uh, vegetables, uh, vineyards, a lot of different things. So the olive trees was not a specialized production. Instead, we were doing this and we did that uh, in conjunction with the University of Florence and our oil is the only olive oil in the world that uh, is produced. As you can read on the label inside a scientific research project with the University of Florence that also certified us our extra virginity every four months. Because uh, coming back to your first question, uh, you buy a bottle label extra virgin olive oil, but you don't know if it's still extra virgin at the moment of the consumption. That was my goal. My goal was to deliver to my son a high quality extra virgin olive oil full of antioxidant that could fight his oxidation. Because everybody, every human being is attacked by the free radicals since the moment that you're born. It's important to have a high quantity of antioxidant in your diet in order to decrease the bad impact of the free radicals in your body. So the bad, uh, the bad oxidation of your body, your aging. Now you can age uh, being in a very good health or you can age uh, as a miserable person. And the food is the first medicine we are taking. The food is a complex of vitamins, of chemical things, you know, molecular. If you have great food, uh, your body will be very happy and you will stay healthy. If you eat junky food, your body will explode. Right. So you mentioned the groves are organic and also biodynamic. And, you know, I looked around and there aren't many uh, high quality Tuscan olive oils with an organic label on them. I'm curious, why not? Is it just a matter of certification in some cases, do you think? Or are there really big differences in your practices compared to other producers in the region? Well, it's, uh, it's very difficult to be organic because you can't use any chemical uh, to, uh, let's say, support on one side your olive trees and on the other side to defend your olive trees. Uh, we are under uh, climate change, and the climate change is changing here. The kind of bacteria we have, the kind of uh, parasite, uh, and so on. Uh, and the climate change is creating um, problems with dry and so on. So there are a lot of problems. And of course, uh, the, the biggest enemy we have is a traditional enemy that is the so-called the fly of the olives. It's a fly, a normal fly, that put the eggs inside an olive. 
to fight this, uh, it's very difficult for an organic farmer. A, a common farmer can use a lot of chemical, but they are very poisoning so much that uh, the last year has been forbidden in Europe uh, the use of the most uh, common antagonist for the olives fly. Uh, for us, uh, it's uh, a very delicate uh, process. Uh, we use only organic product. Uh, some of them are uh, sort of experimentation we do with a gentleman here. They are very efficient. So we can save it. We can save uh, the quality of the olives because otherwise, when you press the olives with the eggs inside or with the baby fly still inside, you are crushing olives with proteins inside and you have a terrible oil with a very bad smell. And this is a problem that is affecting so much also the olive oil production in, uh, in California. That's the reason because you don't find so many organic oil in California. But you can do. One of the secrets we have is that we are on a slope of a mountain. So our olive trees are in a very high position. And this uh, is helping us to not have the invasion of the flies that prefer to stay in Tuscany on the flatlands or on the border of the sea where they can find a much better environment for their pollution. Huh, that's really interesting. Um, you know, you mentioned um, increased pests from, from the changing climate. Have you seen impacts in your groves yet in any other ways? I, I've seen a lot of um, information about how the olive oil industry is being affected by climate change. But then I also saw that in Tuscany, 2020 was the best olive harvest in a very long time. So can you talk a little bit about what you're seeing? Yeah. Well, uh, the climate change is for sure impacting the quality of the extra virgin olive oil because most of the time we are having dry, dry summer, and this is impacting also on the wine. It, the wine is suffering the same, the same problem. But uh, on the other side, uh, let's say that uh, you can uh, see that the production is going up and down in a very violent way between one year and the following year. So it's difficult for you to plan to make commercial mm. deal, you never know how much oil you will be able to produce. Last year has been a very good year, but a very good year in terms of quantity. In terms of quality, not many made great oils. This year, with the oil of the last harvest, we won six gold medal, two silver medal, two bronze medal. So we we really had a fantastic oil. One of the best. Uh, of the last 15 years. And this oil will be extra virgin uh, for at least uh, two years and a half uh, versus uh, the regulation, the law is telling to you that uh, you have to give a best before date uh, because the oil doesn't expire. The extra virgin olive oil at a certain point become virgin oil and from virgin become olive oil. So that's the reason because uh, uh, in the, the yogurt expired, the extra virgin olive oil, no. There is a suggestion for consumption that is 18 months after the, press, the, the bottling time. So we made in New York, uh, at per se, uh, the restaurant 
owned by Chef Keller, Thomas Keller. Mm-hmm. We made uh, for journalists and bloggers uh, some years ago a vertical tasting of three different harvests that was still extra virgin with analysis made uh, one week earlier, one week before by the University of Florence. And it's been very fascinating because you never had the chance to taste an oil that is aged but still vibrant extra virgin. Uh, in general, the oil uh, is, uh, is going to sleep uh, and then fall down and die as an extra virgin. So, right. But the 2020 is it's a great vintage for us. Is there anything that the industry is doing or that you're doing to try to prepare for the changes in weather? Like, is there anything you can do in the groves to build resilience? Uh, I think that in terms of uh, industry, no. Uh, in terms of private people or private companies, for sure, someone is doing something. You no, know? uh, I mean, as you were mentioning before, one thing is uh, to harvest earlier and earlier and earlier. But the point is that you have a limit because uh, in an olive, you have a quantity of polyphenols, the antioxidant, and a quantity of oil inside the fruit. What is happening is that the more the fruit become ripe, the more oil you have inside, but the less polyphenols you will have. So in uh, anticipating the harvest, uh, you can do, but at a certain point, you will have a very small quantity of oil, a lot of antioxidant, but they are so much, the polyphenols are so much, that you have the feeling that you are eating wood. It's very woody, an oil that has been harvested very green because the, the percentage of polyphenols is enormously superior to the percentage of the oil. So, but the only defense you can do uh, is that, to anticipate the harvest uh, because extra virgin olive oil is a juice of fruit. It's a fruit juice. Sorry, my English is horrible. I know that. But my oil, <laughs> no, it's not. My oil is much better than my English. um so so let's talk about the harvest process um you know the the website describes it as sustainable harvesting i'm curious about what that looks like is it a mechanical process can you describe it no no well uh on the website uh our process is sustainable because uh it's starting on the ground and is uh ending with a bottling so we don't have any waste. We are the only olive oil mill in the world that is working in circular economy. This means that uh, we don't produce any waste. Everything is upcycled, not recycled, but upcycled. So we transform our, our waste in something that is fantastic because it's a magic powder. It's an olive oil, pow- it's, sorry, it's an olive powder that is a concentration of antioxidant and is a a, a terrific anti-aging. So I personally use it uh, every day. Now Chef Thomas Keller uh, is doing some experiment to make antioxidant and anti-aging bread in Bouchon Bakery, but also to prepare some dishes for the French Laundry in California and per se New York uh, uh, with uh, our powder thing that uh, the European Food Safety Authority made a claim and uh, with this claim they say that uh, 
in order to have uh, your body defended versus uh, heart disease and the oxidation in general, you should have an intake at least uh, uh, of five milligrams of tyrosol and derivates. With one gram of this powder, you are taking uh, the five milligrams of hydroxytyrosol and tyrosol and derivates. I'm sorry, but we are becoming very technical. But anyway, what I, what I want to say is that one gram of this powder is nothing per person per day. And uh, you can use now in Italy, we are making experiment to make a pasta with this powder that will be a pasta anti-aging. But you have something very interesting coming out because there is a lot versus uh, the carbohydrates in, in this moment uh, around because carbohydrates are sugar for sure. So the problem is the glycemia and diabetes coming out uh, uh, from the glycemia. Well, our powder contains so much fiber that when you eat the pasta with our mix with our powder, so you really mix the flour with the powder, so one gram per person, you don't have the, the speed of the glycemia after eating the, the, the carbohydrates of the pasta because the fiber. Mm. So you have a right. very powerful antioxidant action. And you don't have the consequences that uh, we have, all of us that love pasta, not talking about pizza, of course, that is the peak, sure. the glycemia peak and so on. Because this is a social problem. I mean, if you see the statistics uh, about the Western countries, but especially the States, Canada and UK, the quantity of people that at this point is borderline with, uh, with the diabetes it's very, very high. Uh, and not talking about the obesity, of course, but we just are talking about the, the, the glycemia. And I guess that uh, everybody involved in food production is responsible for the well-being of the people that is eating their product. That's also the reason, because the top chef like Keller, because it's the only American chef with two Michelin, two uh, restaurants with three Michelin stars, the site to do something that will be not, not functional food, but uh, a food that is uh, good, beautiful, but also very beneficial, not only healthy. There will be a revolution in right. the Michelin star restaurant in the next 20 years, I guess, because uh, the people want to have traceability, want to have organic, but also want to have what, what we call the superfood. So try to eat something that is... Uh, making the difference in the long run for the health uh, and the well-being of the people. Right. So that is the, the powder is made from that, the mash that's left over, like the, the yeah, actual the leftover. olive. Um, yeah, the, the, the everything. Yeah. So we don't yeah. have any, okay. we don't have any waste. Uh, so, but then uh, right. coming back to your question, uh, we, we harvest by a special machine that are a sort of hand. So every worker has this, uh, hands that is going like uh, um, like your hand is going through all the leaves to not offend uh, the tree and uh, having down the olives on our net and then think that uh, we process uh, our harvest uh, in two three hours so it's very important because in the moment that you take out the olive from the from the tree, the olives start to be bombarded by bacteria and so on. That's normal. 
And uh, it's important that you harvest and you press. You harvest and you press. It's uh, as it's quickly as possible. Yeah, as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. No, and the thing that there is people that is also using uh, to put uh, the olives under the sun. They wait. Uh, in the past, uh, in the tradition, the people was waiting even two days because in two days. Uh, the olives were losing some water. So when they were pressing, they were getting for every kilo of olives more oil. Instead, the problem is not huh. that. The problem is to, to harvest and press something that is uh, healthy, with good health, so not attacked by bacteria and so on. Because the bacteria are creating also transformation in the sugars contained by the olive and will impact in the quality of the olive oil. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to taste some olive oil. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Garden Cult, garden design and coaching. Carmen DeVito is a professional garden designer, certified New York State landscape professional, and the founder of Garden Cult. You may also know her from HRN's home gardening videos and our series, We Dig Plants. Garden Cult is a culmination of Carmen's more than two decades of experience designing and building gardens in New York City. Carmen believes that gardens and outdoor spaces should be healthy, environmentally sustainable places that enhance the health of people, nature, and the planet. She knows how to help you maximize the space you've got, help you work with and make the most of the materials, plants, and trees that you already have, and create an outdoor place to use and enjoy for you and your family. Get started at GardenCult.com. For a 15% discount on virtual garden consultations and coaching sessions, use code HRN15 through September 30th, 2021. That's code HRN15 at GardenCult.com. All right, we're back. This is Lisa Howell. You're listening to The Farm Report on Heritage Radio Network. I am here with Armando Mani talking about his organic olive oils made in Tuscany. So Armando, we have been doing a lot of talking and now we're going to do some tasting. So I have my Mani oil here. This is the oil of life. This is a new product for you. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. This is the first year we came out with, uh, we released this oil was a long time I was having in mind uh, to do something not just for the three Michelin star chef because our production of the Grand Cru is sold for 90% to uh, top chefs around the world and 10% for top private clients uh, that are ordering our oil on the web. So <clears throat> I think that uh, in our net uh, we have... Uh, 63 uh, rock stars or actors, actresses uh, since uh, the moment that in 2005 we have been the only food in the Oscar gift basket. And this gave to us a great visibility. These people that can buy whatever they want because they are rich and most of them very cultured, discover our oil. And from that point has been 
uh, word of mouth, you know? So in a community so restricted, like uh, the one of the top celebrities in this, uh, in the movie business or music business. Uh, so okay. this is cheaper. It's high quality, but cheaper. It costs uh, 30, I got 30, 35% less than our Grand Cru. And by the way, we don't have uh, so much of the Grand Cru because our production are minimal. The Grand Cru is uh, 2,000 liters a year for all over the world. Instead, uh, the oil of life, uh, with the oil of life, we had the double of the production. And uh, the cost uh, is uh, 30, 40%, but I love it. I mean, especially this harvest, 2020, is fantastic. And then it's very beautiful. Uh, I don't know which kind of cup you have, but we, we use uh, as a bottle a unique design that we made. The bottle is patented with a special glass that is a, a German pad and that protects uh, the oil from uh, one of the enemy of the oil think that the oil has a natural oxidation but three things it's increasing enormously the oxidation one is the uv rays so never never buy mm -hmm. a bottle of extra virgin olive oil in a transparent glass because in two months the light the uv rays will kill all the polyphenols inside and you will lose all the benefit of the antioxidant but then the oil will turn from extra virgin to virgin then the oxygen, this is another yeah. big point. Uh, the oxygen is feeding the oxidation. Uh, never buy a big bottle. Uh, I mean, I'm always impressed by the way that the people is handling carefully a bottle of wine. They open a bottle of wine because they know that they will drink that bottle that evening. That's it. Because the day after an open bottle or two days later, the wine will be oxidized and they don't want to drink a wine that is oxidized. They, they want to have the pleasure of a fresh bottle just open, but they don't have the same care for a bottle of oil. Think uh -huh. that uh, you buy a big bottle that will be standing in your kitchen for days or weeks. Uh, what do you think will happen to this oil with all this oxygen that is going inside a bottle every day? the oil will become something not nice as before. So never buy extra virgin olive oil in big bottle. We think that our Grand Cru is 3.4 ounces, the bottle. It's very small. Why? Because mm -hmm. you open it in a house and it will be over in a week. That's important. Right. Yeah, yeah, and even the oil of life. This is very, it's very small. Yeah, and yeah, it's 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 bigger because uh, we are talking about, uh, I guess, uh, seven ounces. It's two hundred fifty milliliters. But the point is that then you have a third enemy that is the temperature, the hot temperature. And in general, the people is leaving a bottle of oil close to the gas machine where you have fire, and in the kitchen that is the the hottest room in a house. So you will never do that with a great bottle of wine. You will not be standing, putting the bottle close to the fire and so on. Right. So yeah. the, my tips are never buy a bottle that is transparent glass. And never buy a bottle that is big. If you want to really enjoy the good stuff that an extra virgin olive oil is delivering to you. Also because the polyphenols 
are responsible for the smell and the taste of an oil. Because uh, sure. the composition of extra virgin olive oil is 95% of the composition of the extra virgin oil is fat cells, monounsaturated fat cells. That doesn't have a smell and a taste. The smell and the taste is coming out by the 5% that are called minor components. They are the one delivering the, the smell, the taste, uh, and the flavor of an oil. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about the bottle um, transparency thing because it's so simple, like that you sh- you shouldn't keep olive oil in a clear cl- bottle, right? Because light makes it oxidize. Why is it just because is it cheaper to buy glass that's clear? Like I, I just don't understand why any company uses a clear glass bottle if that's such an obvious factor. Well, uh, well if you are talking with some a marketer for this a multinational that are invading the market with this kind of bottle to a very cheap price, they will tell you, we do transparent bottle knowing that uh, the UV rates will kill the oil, but we do that because the people want to see the nice green color. Uh, And uh, this will be reassuring for them because they will feel they are buying something natural. Well, I have to tell you something. The oxidation it's enormous in an oil that is super green because super green means a lot of chlorophyll inside. The chlorophyll is feeding a lot of the oxidation. And another thing that is feeding a lot of the oxidation of the oil is when the oil is not filtered. Never buy an unfiltered oil. doesn't mean that it's more pure. It means that there is hmm. more mud inside. Interesting. That's a good tip. Um, all right, let's taste this olive oil. Um, how does one go about properly tasting olive oil? Well, I shoot a video because uh, an American company <laughs> asked me to, to shoot a video to show how to taste the oil. And I start my this shooting in this way. I'm holding a nice red wine glass and I pour oh. in the glass uh, some bread. And then I'm eating the bread saying, well, I'm tasting a red wine. And then I was laughing because you never taste the wine uh, pouring bread in the wine because uh, this is the way that the people is tasting the oil. No, you're not tasting the oil. You are tasting, eating good bread. And we don't know in which way it has been done. That, of course, uh, will make uh, every oil the same of the other. Instead how to taste the oil first of all take a small cap small cap and pour oil over there hold the cap with the oil inside in your hand because the the point for you is to transfer the heat of your body to the oil that is instead inside the small cap it's important that with the other hand you close the cap because you want to create a vacuum ambient Uh, so the air that is inside the cup should not go out and moving the oil inside the cup uh, that is that you are holding with your hands you will feel a certain point that the cup is not cold anymore but they reach uh, it reach uh, the same temperature of your body at that point take away the other hand and smell it intensely and think about colors. This will help you to drive your mind through the colors in something that is more familiar. Maybe 
is a green that is a green like uh, grass just cut, uh, or maybe it's a yellow, yellow, green, uh, or maybe it's brown because uh, make you think about roots, okay? And that's important. And, um, and after that, uh, you can sip it, but you have to sip a real sip, like, like you could do uh, with a wine, inspiring a lot of her. So it must be uh, something that make a lot of noise, like uh, this kind of uh, noise, uh, because you had to inspire a lot of air in your mouth, having a consistent quantity of oil in the mouth. In the beginning, maybe some oil can come out from your mouth because you are not so expert. But the more you will inspire her, the more you will be able to perceive uh, a lot of different things. Uh, one, the most important, the, the trough. The trough will react immediately at the quantity and at the quality of the polyphenols. Uh, there was uh, an old English journalist that was saying uh, an extra virgin olive oil is not great if you don't make you cough at least twice. So if you inspire, if you breathe through the mouth properly, sucking air like this, having the oil in the mouth, uh, you will see that if the oil is still extra virgin, if the oil is still extra virgin, it will make you cough. And then you will have a lot of feelings in your mouth, but if the oil is still extra virgin, the feeling that you will have is never, never, never feeling of greasiness. The only greasiness will be on your lips. That's important. So you are eating something that is fat, but is making your mouth incredibly dry. Why? Because the polyphenols, the polyphenols are our mouth cleaner. They are cleaning the mouth from the fat in the same way that we drink red wine when we eat a heavy main course, you know, meat with sauce. Why we drink a red wine? Because the red wine has a good quantity of polyphenols that will clean your mouth from the fat of what you are eating, giving to your mouth to taste bite by bite what you are eating. Otherwise, everything will be covered by the fat. The oil is working in the same way. I remember in London, I was a Nobu, and I was Nobu. There were several chefs, and we were eating one of his dishes. And there is this, this famous salmon, salmon with his sauce. <clears throat> and uh, knowing Nobu from a long time, I told him, look, in my opinion, it's a little too fatty. Can I pour some oil? Because we were having also my oil on the table. And he said, well, what does it mean, Armando? You are telling to me that it's too fat and you want to add another fat. And I say, well, right. some drops will be enough to clean the mouth from the, from the fatness. You will see. And it was being surprising. Or the way that Heston Blumenthal, the fat duck in the UK, was using the oil, our oil, was uh, on a chocolate cake. Because the chocolate huh. is made by cocoa beans, but... Uh, also with addition of cocoa butter that is a fat. And the cocoa butter is very sticky in your mouth. Uh, you don't realize that. So adding some drops, you were not feeling that, but you were having an explosion of the cocoa in your mouth. And the same is happening 
with the chocolate. There is a, this chocolate, K plus M, in the States. Chef Keller is doing that, where they are not add cocoa butter, but a, they add some drops of our oil. And it will, if you taste it, you will see how the cocoa will dance in your mouth for 10, 15 minutes. The aftertaste is long, never-ending, because the polyphenols yeah. are cleaning from the fat, the mouth. Right. All right. Well, I'm, I did what you said, and I got the cup warm, and I smelled it. <laughs> Um, and it definitely smells grassy to me, like green. And um, but I I feel like I'm gonna mess up the tasting part based on your, <laughs> your <laughs> explanation. I'm just gonna go for it. Um, so you said to really just like get a lot in your mouth and breathe breathe through your mouth. Yeah. Well, look, if you if you are able to do what I just explained to you, this is the only way you can use to understand if the oil that you just bought is still extra virgin or become a virgin oil. Because your mouth, your throat can perceive the quantity and the quality of the polyphenols because you have several <laughs> signals. Exactly. First, first signal, <laughs> there's a, cough. There's the sound of me coughing. So that's well from done. the oil. <laughs> well done. And, and you know... Um, there is a lot of scientific literature, a lot of trials that has been done to prove that the oil, extra virgin olive oil, when is extra virgin, is protecting you versus heart disease and cancer. They understood the mechanism of the heart disease protection. They don't know yet why the oil is protecting against the cancer, but they have enormous quantity of data, especially breast cancer, and the cancer of the stomach. Now, the first people that start to go close to the explanation has been a group of scientists in Pennsylvania 10 years ago, because they found that uh, the assumption is this. Cancer, if it's not for genetical reason, it's uh, a disease that is uh, starting with inflammation process, okay? Sure. Now, what is the most common anti-inflammatory medicine we are taking all over in the world is an industrial molecular. And you know very well is, uh, what, what is, what do you have when you have, uh, when you need an anti-inflammatory stuff? I, I want to help you. Ibuprofen. I was going to say, yeah, aspirin, some, yeah. some sort of anti-inflammatory. Yeah. Well, they publish on Nature on September 2010, I guess, uh, the, the design of the molecular of the ibuprofen and the design of the molecular of oleocanthal. Oleocanthal is uh, the polyphenol that is making you cough. So mm. you want to have an oil rich in oleocanthal. So if you want to you wanna have an oil that make you cough, that leave your mouth very dry, and that leave only the lips greasy. This yeah, is my a mouth way. does feel dry. Yeah, and the mouth, you will see that at the beginning, you can, you can taste the bitterness, the pepperiness of the oil, but then... Because the polyphenols, they start to extract a lot of saliva and your mouth uh, from bitter becomes sweet, uh, sweet, clean. It's mm -hmm. uh, an interesting experience. Uh, 
it's like complex. It sort of changes as you're, yeah, but <laughs> as I'm just sitting here. Yeah, but yeah. the problem for you is to understand if you are experiencing, if you bought a, a still extra virgin olive oil or an oil that from extra virgin start to be virgin. So without all this very healthy and good antioxidant, this is the problem. According with Davis University, they published a, a research made, uh, I guess, June 2010. They bought only in a top gourmet store only in California, something like 180 um, bottle of olive oil, not supermarket, so gourmet store. And they bought also, uh, this was at 18 brands for the most important, but two was also from uh, California. 75% of those bottles was not matching anymore the parameters of the extra virginity. So we are talking yeah. about bottles that was turning or turn from extra virgin to virgin, losing the polyphenols activity and so on. But we are talking about the gourmet stores. Think about what the people is buying in the supermarket. Sure. Yeah, I actually... Um covered that study in an article that I that I worked on a couple of years ago for Foodprint. So if listeners are, are more interested in that, studies on fraud and olive oil, especially in the US, um, that story was on foodprint.org. Um, but so Armando, we, we have to wrap up. Um, I, I feel like we, we were talking a lot about in the end about um, the your, this oil and, and the taste and um, the polyphenols. Is there anything else that... Um, like when people taste this olive oil, like what, how would you describe the actual flavor? Uh, well, this is a, a very, very interesting question because the answer is uh, relative. It's mm. like uh, the beauty. Uh, how do you describe something that is beautiful? Well, it depends by your culture, your experiences. So the flavor, depending by the recognized, uh, how, I'm sorry, my English, Recognability, recognizability. So you can recognize what you know. Otherwise, what you uh, recognize you in it. Got it. Uh, yeah. So for me, this oil is uh, very interesting because we have an oil that is very green. Make me think about uh, we have artichoke, we have cardons, uh, but we have also grass. And then there is another part inside the bottom, you know. We could say the 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 soul of the oil instead is talking to me about porcini mushroom, radish, uh, licorice. Uh, there is a, a lot of essence like uh, uh, sage, uh, eucalyptus, uh, mint. Uh, it's it's very interesting. But again, it depends by your uh, experiences the smell mm. and we are not talking about uh, how you are expert but your mental flavor panorama because uh, you know that our nose can perceive i guess twenty-five thousand different aromas mm -hmm. but you will not be able to describe every aromas that are part of a product like this Right. Well, I love that answer because there's, it basically is saying there's no wrong answer. It's what you get from it. Right. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's makes it more accessible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Armando, thank you so much for coming on the show and for getting into all these questions about olive oil with me. Um, I really appreciate it. 
Thank you all so much for listening to the Farm Report on Heritage Radio Network. If you enjoyed the conversation, please subscribe to the podcast, rate it, and share it. Until next time, this is Lisa Held. The Farm Report is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Just enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.